Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's here, and this is the leeches episode that we've all been waiting for for about a million years. Yeah, this is. I love this kind of stuff, though, because there's the general, you know, stuff you should know, classic bug slash animal kind of show. Okay, got it. But then you got your whole second half of the episode, which is super interesting. Yep. I mean, the other stuff's interesting a, too, but you know what I mean. It's a it's a two. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. It's a basically a perfect stuff you should know episode. Yeah. Dave Roos called it a SYSK softball, <laughs> as if to as if to say that he couldn't have gotten it wrong. It was just too great of a stuff you should know topic. Yeah, he did a great job though. Always does. He did great. Yep. So we're talking leeches, and I think uh, Chuck, this actually this episode was inspired by our dentistry episode where we talked about using medical leeches for dentistry, all the way up until like the nineteen teens, I think. Yeah, leeches on the gums—not a pleasant thought. No, and it sounds bonkers and wacky um, and repulsive, but they have come back into fashion in some medical circles, and not just like. New agey circles, like actual medical circles. Oh, yeah. So I, it's like you said, we're going to make this kind of a two-parter in a one one episode. Let's do it. So we're talking leeches, and we should probably start with leech biology. And if you want to know what a leech is uh, is cousin to, you need look no further than a few inches underground in some fertile soil at our friend the earthworm. Which is another great uh, Stuff You Should Know episode. Yeah, that was a really good one. But yeah, if you want to get up close and look at a leech, which you probably are not prone to do, uh, they are ringed just like our little friends, the earthworm. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have 32 segments in their little gross-looking bodies. (laughs) And they inch along like worms do as well. They have, you know, a a head sucker up at the front and a sucker in the rear. No jokes necessary there. Yeah, oral and anal. Is it really called the anal sucker? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's also called the anterior and posterior sucker, too. I and Or the party in the th- business in the front, party in the rear. <laughs> sure. I couldn't tell if Dave was joking. I figured it was called an anal sucker. But, uh, yeah, they just inch along just like an inchworm or a worm might by expanding and contracting and using those suckers. That's right. Um, I saw that the the oral sucker, the the anterior sucker, was the one that's typically used for feeding, and that the sucker on the rear is the mm-hmm. one that's used to help propel the the leech forward. Um, I didn't see definitively that it can't feed on the the rear anal sucker, mm-hmm. but um, it's possible it can't. I, I did see that it's primarily used for locomotion. So whatever science writer wrote that was hedging their bets. Yeah, the other thing I thought was interesting was uh, land leeches, which we're not going to talk too much about because, you know, most of the leeches that we're acquainted with you'll find in the water. Mm-hmm. But land leeches uh, do a, a tick-like thing, and they're both blood suckers. Like, remember how ticks will attach to a plant totally. and then just, like, start snapping their little lobster claws everywhere, hoping something walks by? Yeah, they're like, hey, come get me, somebody. The land leech does a similar thing. It attaches the rear sucker to a branch or a leaf or something, and then just sort of does a little <laughs> shimmy shake with their head, hoping that mm-hmm. something will walk by so it can just stick its little face into it. Mm-hmm. 
It sits there and shimmies and is like, you like this, huh? You like that? Come get it. And they're both bloodsuckers, and they both do very desperate things to <laughs> attach to a body. I know. They also um, – Ticks big turn off. T- <laughs> I know. You know? Ticks, yeah, I, I know. Ticks and leeches both also share the trait of um, being able to um, detect CO2 yeah. as a way to detect prey, at least the land leeches too. So, yeah, that definitely stuck out to me as well. Um, and I feel like there's some really great myths out there on the internet that we're going to get to just um, crush, crumble. Myth crushers. Uh, yeah, cru- that's perfect. Myth- we're going to crush those myths. Um, and one of them is that leeches have 32 brains, which is definitively false. No, they have 32 body segments. And you will see people on the internet that say they have a brain in each segment, but they don't. They have two brains, one up front mm-hmm. and one in the back. And like a lot of little critters that, that can be cut off and still function, you can cut their brain off and they can survive and do quite well. Yeah, the reason that people say 32 brains, by the way, that's what Google says. If you just type in leech brain, it serves you up. Leech has 32 brains. Ugh. There's ganglia, which are basically relay stations between these two brains in each of the segment. And those segments can those ganglia can make each segment function autonomously and, and be responsible for some other stuff. So that's why people are like, yeah, each one's a brain, but it's it's really not. It's not each a brain. It's just a, kind of like an extended, stretched-out, segmented brain. Yeah, but there aren't 32 ganglia either, right? The f- ones on each end are kind of fused together. So there's 21 total. Yeah, that's that's what I saw. Let's see, the, the computers are all wrong. Yeah, Google's <laughs> got it wrong again. It's the computer, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like some, wow, I'm really getting old. The computer's wrong. Yeah, it's the, you sound like somebody who, like, types under the keyboard like this. Right. <laughs> hey, you're <laughs> a loud typer. The computer's wrong. Remember what I said to you, like, 14 years ago before we were even uh, podcast hosts? Mm-hmm, I remember. What'd I say? You pay me the high compliment of saying that when I type, I type very loudly, especially when I'm into it, that it sounds like Thelonious Monk That's right. jamming away. <laughs> can't believe you remember that. Oh, yeah. It was a very high compliment I, as far <laughs> as I took it. Like I had it tattooed on my armpit, my inner armpit. <laughs> and I made Yumi get the same tattoo, too. <laughs> She's like, it doesn't make sense, but I love you. <laughs> right. uh, so leech species, there are about six to 700 of them. And they generally fall into three categories depending on what they eat um, because, you know, we know they're bloodsuckers, but not all of them are exclusively bloodsuckers. No. Uh, and if they're bloodsuckers, they are called two of the greatest words. Take your pick. Uh, sanguivorous or hematophagous. Yeah. Either way, it means that they subsist on blood. They're not – they don't want any of your skin or your flesh or your muscles or a great steak. They just want the <clears throat> blood. But, they, yeah, like you said, not all of them are, are bloodsuckers. There's some called worm leeches that eat in, entire invertebrates, very, very small invertebrates. Mm-hmm. But they, they, don't, they don't really care about the blood or else they're, they're not just interested in the blood. But most leeches, as far as we, as, as we think of leeches, are sanguivorous. Yeah, but the other two categories are pretty horrifying in how they get their blood out. It's like mm-hmm. one sounds really bad, and then the next one doesn't sound much better kind of thing. Uh, right. The jawed leech is the one that we're most uh, commonly, you know, when you're 
when you're watching Stand By Me and poor little Will Wheaton gets mm-hmm. a leech on his pee-pee. Which now that we've seen that, and now that, or I should say, now that we've researched this, uh-huh. they got it so wrong. Those kids really did it wrong when they removed the leeches. Uh, oh, for sure. And it's probably unlikely that that leech would have made its way to its pee-pee that quickly. Although you never know. Yeah, you never know. I, I heard they do like kind of a warm, secluded area to do their work. <laughs> you know, Will Wheaton used to listen to the show. I wonder. I doubt if he still does. Oh, I, I doubt it. Too. Remember but the yes, early days? Shout out to 2010 Will Wheaton. <laughs> He's like, quit talking about my pee-pee. <laughs> uh, but that's the jawed leech, the one, the you know, the one that's kind of the most common and most familiar with. And it's uh, we're going to talk about medicinal leeches later. That's what they use there. But mm-hmm. these things will feed on. Almost anything that they can latch onto that has blood, um, mammals, frogs, birds, fish, it, it, basically anything it can get a hold of that has blood, it'll latch onto. They strongly prefer mammals, though. The rest of the stuff is just kind of I'm hungry, gar- junk food, yeah. basically, for them, sure. from what I can tell. <laughs> can we talk just for a second about how the jawed leeches, um, how they do their thing? Yeah, with those little razor-sharp teeth, let's do it. It's scary. Yes, so they have, like, if you look at a picture of a, a jawed leech mouth, everybody says it looks like a Mercedes emblem, and, and it does. There's really no better way to put it. Yeah. But if you zoom in closer, there's a bunch of little teeth on there, right, called denticles. Mm-hmm. And they act as, like, circular saws. So, like, the, the leech itself starts making this kind of sucking motion or inhale, exhale really quickly mm-hmm. and creates, a, like, suction within its body cavity. So, when it, when it puts its lips on you, it actually creates suction. And then when it uses those little denticles that act as, like, little circular saws that just keep sawing deeper and deeper into your skin, finally reaching a blood vessel, when it strikes gold, red gold, which you and I would call blood— it just sucks out into the leech because it's created a vacuum pump. Yeah, and I love this. Where did you get this uh, bit that you sent? Do you remember? I think Parasite of the Day. I don't <laughs> remember. I wrote down everything else, but this might be the Parasite of the Day site. Because it sounds like like this one part sounds like it was written by a Midwestern exterminator uh, when they're talking about any, basically can attach to anything. Mm-hmm. It's like sandpaper, glass paper, Velcro. <laughs> Fine wire, plastic wicker work, fabric. <laughs> yeah. It just like lists all these weird things out that, that I guess that they've put a leech on and it's stuck to. That was a great Midwestern impression, by the way. Hey, thanks. It says even vertically positioned surfaces coated with Vaseline <laughs> are, are no major problem for a leech to climb. Uh, the deal with these teeth, though, is that they're so sharp that it's more scalpel-like in that, I mean, a leech bite can hurt, mainly land leeches, but it's not, uh, when you hear like razor-like teeth, you'd think it would be super painful, but they're so sharp that they really don't hurt that bad, right? Yeah, and let's crumble another myth here. You want to? Sure. Leech saliva contains anesthetic, myth or not? Uh, By the way, I like that we're myth crumblers now instead of crushers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I, I like crumbler better. Okay, cool. Um, uh, That is a myth. Awesome. Yes, another myth crumbled. (laughs) Boom! There's a TV show in there, I think. I think so. It's very graphics heavy. Like, whenever we do the myth, it'll just crumble away like a cookie. Oh, that's a great, that's great. But we'll use it as a wipe from one scene to the other. (sighs) You and your wipes. I can't wait. (laughs) Go ahead and say it. Star wipe? Star wipe. Yeah. (laughs) The king of all wipes. Yeah, but this crumble wipe 
we really might be onto something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there is no, I mean, you can find textbooks that, that say that too, right? Yeah, it's it's all over the place. There's a lot of misinformation about leeches, it turns out. But so that weird. is one that, and they do have all sorts of cool stuff in their saliva um, that are amazing, that do amazing things. And we'll talk more about those, but those are not, uh, an anesthetic is not one of them. It's just that for the jawed leeches, their mm-hmm. little semicircular uh, denticles that they use as circular saws are are so sharp and they're, they go so um, such a, a, a what's the word what's the opposite of deep oh so shallow into your skin <laughs> <laughs> that you you might not feel it, them being there that's what it is right <laughs> opposite of deep I have so many oh, jokes you just can't pick one uh, there's also the jawless leech was the other kind mm-hmm. uh, which includes the giant Amazon leech which can grow to what, like 18 to 20 inches? Yeah. Look up a picture of these things. It's 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 horrifying. How how long think about it. They say that your wrist to your elbow is the mm-hmm. same length as your foot. Have you ever heard that? I haven't, but I'm looking and there's no way my foot's smaller than that. Uh that's I think that's an optical illusion. Is it really? <laughs> Let's just say it is. So, I've got like I wear size 11 and I could see that being that. That would mm-hmm. mean that a leech is actually almost one and a half times the length. One of those leeches is one and a half times the length of the distance from my wrist to my elbow. Can you imagine <laughs> having one of those on you? Not on me, but when you look up photos of the uh, the giant Amazon leech, all you see are pictures of people with them like, hey, I put it on my arm to show you how big it is. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's frightening. Those are the same people who seek out insects on the Schmidt Stinging Pain Index, I think. Right. <laughs> uh, but this one, you know, I said there were two different equally horrifying ways in which they can draw blood. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't have the circular saw teeth. It has a hypodermic needle, basically, a proboscis, mm-hmm. that it sticks into your body and draws it out just like you would drawing blood. Yep. Which, I don't know which is worse, the denticles, <laughs> the three... Identical saws or a proboscis coming out of a leech. Can we take a break and think about it? Yeah, let's. All right. We'll be right back. your result which is worse i've decided i don't have to choose i think they're both terrible and awful and i don't want either one of them happening to me or anyone i love or care about oh well thank you am i in that group that includes you buddy (laughs) okay (laughs) jerry jerry of course sure dave yes dave too who else you got uh what about uh, the other dave sure dave coustan uh-huh i'm sorry livia dave coustan Sure, Livia's you got in there for sure. Livia, uh, Julia Layton, the Grabster, the Grabster Frank the Chair. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, of course. Remember when we used to have our regular guest producers just float in and out? <laughs> yep. Doesn't There's Matt, anymore. Noel. Mm-hmm. Care about them too. Don't want leeches on them either. Uh, who else guest produced us? I don't know. I'm sure there are people out there that actually know this though. My friend, I forgot to say something at the top of this episode, and I wonder if you can indulge me on a tangent of 
epic proportions. Yes. My sweet niece, Mila, mm-hmm. I think I've told you before, she's gotten some parts in movies. Yeah, a little performer. The The big one, her first big one, where she's like one of the main characters is coming out February 25th on Hulu. No way. It's huge. It's a big 20th Century Fox production called No Exit. Uh-huh. It will be out on Hulu on February 25th. She does... I saw the trailer. She gave me chills. She plays really? a kidnapped young girl who is just terrified and has to be rescued by a slightly older girl, uh, Havana Rose Liu. Wow. That's super exciting. It is very exciting. We're all very proud, and I wanted to make sure everybody knew about it in case you wanted to see it. And a cash cow, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's rolling in it. She she can't even drive. She's got like a whole garage full of cars already. Wow, that is super cool. That is awesome. Uh, My daughter is funny and fun, but like she can't act. I've tried to see if she could. She can't. So it takes a lot more than personality. Like you've got to really have talent. It's absolutely true. It's like really tough for an adult to watch a child actor most of the time. And Mm -hmm. she does superbly. I mean, she's. that's what I was saying. We're all really, really proud of her. She does like actual great work in this movie. So... Way to go, Mila. Way to go, Mila. And uh, send me a, a text when that's out so we can watch it. Okay, I will. I'll send you the trailer, too. All right. So back to leeches. Oh, yeah, definitely send me the trailer. Um, yeah. They are, uh, I mean, we have fossils of leeches from 400 million years ago. Mm-hmm. And they do, it seems like they can see better when they're younger. They do have what's called simple eyes where they can kind of see blurry, shadowy, fuzzy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the youngins kind of rely on that. But I think... When they get older, I guess their eyesight either fails or they just get so good at uh, sensing vibration that they don't really need those eyes. Yeah, I, I read that it's the latter, that okay. they, they're so good at sensing vibrations. They have little hairs on their bodies that act as sensory organs so that they can de- they can detect, like, movement in the water. And I'll tell you what, I can really relate to leeches mm. because after I saw my niece Mila in the trailer for No Exit coming out February 25th, <laughs> yeah. the on hairs on my arm were standing on end, and I could have detected <laughs> vibrations in water with those things. That is a Hodgman-level plug. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. I'll um, stop now. Leech, no, no, no. We don't need to stop. Uh, leeches are amazing swimmers. Uh, they can kind of inch along in the water very deftly. And then when they hit your skin, they are going to uh, probably not go toward your bits, but they will probably hit you around the ankles or the shins or someplace and try mm-hmm. and do their thing down there. Because it's thin skin. They have less to deal with. Exactly. Um, so one of the things we said that their um, their their saliva really does have some pretty neat compounds in it and like things that science is just now, you know, that whole arrogance of science that science went through after mm-hmm. it was like, oh, all this is is just witchcraft and folk magic. We can't be associated with this. And they turn their backs on some like legitimately good stuff. Leeches was one of them. And they're just now, as we'll talk about, coming back around to like really looking into leeches because they're kind of a medical marvel, a gift from nature itself. And the reason why is because in its saliva, it contains a bunch of chemicals, not the least of which is called, I believe, heriodin. You think I'm pronouncing that correctly? That sounds right. I'm glad you said it. or herudin. I'm thinking here you didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, pr- and we'll talk about it more in depth in a minute, but it is pretty amazing that uh, this thing that allows them just to feed better mm-hmm. because it thins the blood and it doesn't uh, coagulate and it just gives them dinner. It, it, it's pretty amazing that it actually has like legitimate medical properties. 
Yeah, because it's so powerful. When that leech in- injects some of its saliva containing heriodin in it, um, like your blood just starts flowing. And one of the things you'll find is that if you get a leech bite, uh, once that leech is gone, whether you get it off of yourself or it fills up and wanders off, mm-hmm. you're going to still keep bleeding for up to 10 hours afterward because that heriodin is so so powerful as, uh, as far as anticoagulants go. I also saw there's another compound in there. I can't remember which one it is, but it's a vasodilator, which means it opens up your blood vessels so that more blood pumps out more freely. Yeah, I mean, this is a little evolutionary miracle of a yeah. of a well, it's not a bug, but slug. It's yeah, not a, not slug, a slug bug, really. <laughs> uh, they will drink blood like crazy. They will mm-hmm. drink as much as ten times their body weight sometimes. Uh, because they are a bit like the camel of the uh, of the lake in that they go a year or so sometimes, many months at least, right. between meals. And they can store this stuff up in a little pouch uh, where they have these enzymes because, you know, blood will eventually go bad. But right. they have enzymes that protect it and keep it fresh. Yeah. Another thing that they're studying with leeches these days is it's um – it's a microbiota in its stomach and its gut, just mm-hmm. like they're studying our microbiota, which I think is the most fascinating thing of all time. They're also studying leeches to figure out what's going on in there to keep the blood from spoiling. Because, you know, they might go six months or a year between meals. It doesn't take them that long to digest it. Yeah. But it still takes weeks and weeks for a leech to digest its its meal. And it takes long enough that, I mean, a leech probably only feeds a, a few times in its life, I believe. Yeah, because they don't live that long. I, I mean, I, I, but I think no more than a few years, probably max. That would be my guess as well. Uh, we should talk about the tyrant king leech, the Tyrannobella rex. Uh, and this is a one-jawed sucker that uh, is also in the Amazon River. And these are the stuff of nightmares because this is one of those leeches that's like, forget the ankle, forget the shin. What I really like is to get inside of you and up in that mucous membrane. Mm-hmm. So it will get into your nasal cavity. You can be a kid, and there are many reports of kids and teenagers who were bathing in the Amazon or playing in the Amazon mm-hmm. and ended up with a leech up their nose or somewhere like deep within their nasal cavity, which is the stuff of nightmares. To me, it gets even worse than that because they found these kinds of leeches in eyeballs, like attached mm-hmm. to the mucous membrane around your eyeball, your urethra. So mm-hmm. so much so that it will yeah. block your ability to pee. Your uh-huh. anus or your vagina. I'd rather have one there than the other two places. Or your vagina. They found leeches in vaginas, these kind of leeches. And the other worst part about them, Chuck, is that, you know, a leech that's feeding on you externally, like a typical jawed leech, mm-hmm. it'll feed for maybe 20 to 30 minutes, something like that. These guys stick yeah. around for weeks, maybe months. And sometimes people detect that they have one of these internal leeches because they 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 feel a what's called foreign body movement, like there's yeah. something moving around inside of them, and their body's like, mm, you might want to get this checked out because I'm about to puke everything up right now. Oh man, I just can't help but think of when I pulled that spider out of Emily's ear cavity, uh-huh. and she was like, "Is something like buzzing?" <laughs> I was like, "That's not a good sign." No. <laughs> oh man, that was so funny. I mean, it was funny for me, right? And she handled it pretty well, I gotta say. Can we read that thing from 1835? Since we're just at the maybe the grossest part of this whole episode. 
Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Hit it. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I see it. So there was a there was a case study that was mentioned on a site, a historian site called JerryWalton.com, G-E-R-I Walton.com, who is a historian, and she wrote about a girl who was gathering watercress in 1835, and a, there was a leech that went around her ankle, and mm. then for some reason, the leech made its way all the way into the girl's leg and just climbed up to her thigh, where finally her thigh was about twice its natural size tense, red, and shining, and very painful. And finally, the doctor, like, cut out this blood clot of blood and pus, he says, which he, I knew you were gonna say <laughs> which he drained and emptied into a bowl. On emptying the matter from the bowl on a clean flag outside the door, the girl's mother was surprised to find among it a leech coiled up, quite alive, and moving actively. Yeah, I mean, this isn't something leeches are known to do, mm-hmm. like burrow and move around inside your body, mm-hmm. like from the skin. Like they'll crawl up your nose, or if you swallow one, this um, Limnatus uh, nilotycta nice. is one of the ones that doesn't have the power to break the skin with its little teeth or jaws. So it it hangs around and waits for you to drink it or a cow to drink it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they'll get in that way, but they are not known to generally do what happened in this girl, right? No, which is why... 185 years later, 87 years later, we're talking about it on Stuff You Should Know because it is so messed up. I almost fainted when I first read it, and it takes a lot to make me feel like, oh, I could faint if I... If I don't stop imagining, (laughs) like, putting myself here in this situation. Yeah, I mean, that's horrifying. Um, I guess it hasn't happened a ton since then because that was 1835. Right, right. No, it is extremely rare. And even, like you said, that one that will... um, that will like when you you'll drink it up yeah. and it attaches. Um, that's actually killed some people. It famously killed some of Napoleon's soldiers in Egypt in 1799. They drank from a water source that a leech, some leeches attached to like their esophagus, and as they became engorged from feeding, it blocked the soldiers' airways, and some of them died from suffocation. Yeah, I mean, what's probably not going to happen, almost certainly, is you're not going to be bled out by leeches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been cases where people have gone to the emergency room with, like, more than 100 leeches on them, and they were anemic or lightheaded or mm-hmm. both. And mm-hmm. so that can happen, but you're generally not going to die from a leech, I'll, you know, unless you're in Napoleon's army. Right. <laughs> right. And you deserve it. So you want to talk about how uh, leeches reproduce? Because that's pretty interesting as well. Sure. They're hermaphroditic. Yep. They have male and female sex organs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are internal sex organs. Mm-hmm. And they do make, you know, they have uh, they have sperm. They have eggs. They have ovaries. And in order to mate, they get together. And I, I thought we had talked about this before. Or, or it was some insect that did something similar. Probably ticks maybe, where they attach to each other and kind of just line up where their parts should be. Mm-hmm. And the Go male... bombs away! <laughs> sort of it. The male produces a, uh, a container, like a syringe-like container of sperm called a spermatophore, and it pierces the skin near that sex organ. And I guess they say it's close enough for rock and roll. <laughs> and they somehow find a way to the ovaries, mm-hmm. and then they produce these little cocoons that are very hardy. Yeah, out of a, a little part of their body called the clitellum, it produces a thick fluid that the 
the fertilized eggs are are enshrouded in in that cocoon, and then they attach the cocoons to like plants or put them in the mud or something like that. And a few weeks or, or months later, um, baby leeches hatch, and and they just they hatch like fully formed and just grow over time as they feed. Um, but they they do this reciprocally. Yeah, that was right. Where <laughs> each leech fertilizes one another's eggs. So as the leeches um, mate, they are um, fertilizing one another's eggs. They're both receiving and and sending um, sperm, and it's pretty neat. It's it's kind of a, a real tit for tat arrangement. There. It is, and those cocoons are really hardy. Dave uh, talks about uh, says that they're tough enough to be swallowed by waterfowl and just go right through them and come out the other end and be okay. Which uh, first gave rise to the famous saying. That went through me like a leech cocoon through a waterfowl, which okay. is what I always say. Sure. No, sure no good? No, it was good. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> what about the kangaroo leech? I think that one bears mentioning as well, too, as, as far as reproduction. Yeah, concerned. the kangaroo. Uh, I mean, these things come out kind of ready to take on the world. They don't need a lot of care, but they are doting parents in some cases, which is pretty interesting, especially the kangaroo leech which has a little a little pouch like a marsupial does, and they carry around their little leech in the pouch until they're ready to fend yeah. for themselves, which is sort of adorable. And so, and this definitely was from the dailyparasite.com, but they said that the, the leech um, basically shoots them the pouch of baby leeches explosively onto a passing frog when it's ready, when it says like, fly away, little birds, it's time for you to to live on your own, to make sure that they get a good first meal. Yeah. So some poor frog gets splattered with baby leeches because it happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong right. time. I mean, I wonder if, I know it. they can't kill a human. Can leeches kill a, sure. a fish or a frog? I think they can kill livestock if, if really? you don't get them off. Yeah, I think one of the reasons they have trouble killing humans is because we have opposable thumbs. And we can get them off? We can get them off a lot easier. I read that poor elephants will will be driven like almost crazy when a leech gets up inside of its trunk. Like, and I thought, oh. yeah, there's a lot of like animals are just sol. Yeah, in a lot of cases. So yeah, I think they can. I think they can kill animals because they can't get them off as easy. Oh, poor elephants. I know. I feel just really sucking bad. that water up, having fun. Mm-hmm. Very sad. So I say we talk, we, we give everybody, the good people, some advice about how to get rid of a leech if you find one on you, and then let's take a break. How about that? Yeah. Like I said, you don't need to be too freaked out, even though it's pretty scary looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not poisonous. You're not, they don't carry, or they haven't at least been known to carry um, human bloodborne diseases. It's a big it, one. Yeah. Anytime there's like a blood sucker, you kind of might want to worry about that, but not in this case. Uh, but what you want to do is don't panic and just tear it off of you because it might detach and part of it might get left kind of like a tick again. You don't want any of it left in your skin, right? Right. Because that, that remnant, usually the jaw can get infected. Um, and another one that you want to do is you don't want to treat it too rough. Like you might want to beat it up and, and, um, and really show it who's boss, but you don't. You want to treat it very gently because if you like squeeze a leech mm-hmm. or a lot of people recommend putting a little table salt or even like alcohol or lemon juice on a leech, if you disturb it 
biologically like they're phys- physiologically like that you might make it vomit and that's bad because it's vomiting up some of its stomach contents into your body mm-hmm. and you can get an infection from that as well so the key here is to treat the leech very gently and go against every fiber of your screaming <laughs> nerves yeah. in your entire body and, and just slow. be like oh fiddle dd there's a leech on me i uh-huh. better carefully remove it <laughs> You dial up the Stuff You Should Know episode and listen all the way through the 32 minutes till I get to the point <laughs> where they tell us to be gentle and just use a little, uh, Dave said, like a credit card or your fingernail or something mm-hmm. and gently kind of press on the side of its head. Hopefully it will uh, detach that sucker. And then uh, Dave said to flick it off <laughs> before it reattaches. Yeah. And that is an understatement. Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to break that seal that the leech creates with its mouth and your skin, and then enough for it to be like, hey, man, what the heck, so that mm-hmm. it pulls its jaws out, too, as well. Um, and again, that wound's going to bleed for maybe 10 hours, I saw in a popular science article. So, just, you got to clean the wound, you got to dress it, and you're going to have to redress it probably more than once, because it's going to just keep bleeding. Yeah, I feel like I had a leech on me at one point or another when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But nothing stands out story-wise. But I'm That's I'm pretty good. sure I remember it happening. You? I don't think I've ever had a leech on me, okay. no. I've had plenty of ticks, but never a leech. Well, hey, keep that streak going. I'm trying. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm trying. I steer clear of fresh water, salt water. <laughs> you don't get in the water? Uh, I don't go to, to Japan or Indonesia. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm steering clear of the leeches. See, that's my problem is I am one to jump in any body of water that I can Mm. jump in. I remember once when I was a kid and we had this creek that we used to swim in and Mm -hmm. we were hanging out with some kid who didn't normally hang out with us. And he saw the first of us go into this creek and start swimming. And he goes, that kid wants dysentery or something (laughs) like that. And I mean, we're like 10. I don't know how this kid even knew about dysentery. But I, I I knew what he was talking about enough to be like, oh, you don't want that. You can get that from creeks. I better steer clear of creeks. And that, that made a huge impression <laughs> on me. Yeah. I grew yeah. up with the creek uh, behind my house. So I just, I don't know. I'll, I'll always try and get in water if I can. Oh, the other thing that scared me too in that same creek was somebody saying like, what about water moccasins? Like they always, mm. everybody always has a story about how somebody jumped into a, a pit yeah, of, a bed of water, water moccasins. moccasins and that was that. <laughs> so that kind of steered me clear of creeks too. Yeah, so. I get it. I get it. Um, I don't really regret it. All right. Well, let's have a, a little pause for the cause and we will, geez, it just turned into Johnny Fever. RIP, by the way, Howard Hessman. What? Yeah, he just passed away. What a BS year already for celebrity I know. Man, I'll tell you who turned out to be a great person in retrospect was Bob Saget. My goodness, have you read any of like the tributes to him? Yeah, pretty heartwarming. You should read, have you read John Stamos's eulogy? Yeah. Amazing, dude. I I think very highly of Bob Saget now, but also of John Stamos, too. Yeah, and weirdly, John Mayer. uh, I don't know if you read yeah. any of that stuff. I didn't know they were good buddies. Oh, no. he, was, he wrote some very Yumi nice likes things. John Mayer a lot. She didn't like his music, but she thinks he's pretty cool. Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah, so that's how we kind of got sucked into the whole Bob Saget death thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. And Jeffrey Ross, too. He was a really good friend of Bob Saget. My brother worked with Saget, and he, he I remember years ago saying that he was, like, the nicest dude. Yeah, he's he seems to have been the real deal yeah. for sure. R.I.P. everybody who we've lost this year. How about that? 
Yeah. For and now sure. let's take a break. And we're going to talk about uh, bloodletting right after this. Okay, Chuck, so we're finally at part two, <laughs> 35 minutes in, where we're talking about the history of bloodletting um, and using medicinal leeches. And just a, a brief overview of bloodletting, it's based on the um, humoral theory of health and disease, which says that we have four humors, right? Mm-hmm. We've got um, blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile. Mm-hmm. And over time, people said, I think blood's like the real, like, money, money humor. Mm -hmm. We need to keep things in balance. So if you want to keep everything in balance to be healthy, you need to get rid of some excess blood. That's the real problem. And so for a long time, people used, like, knives or whatever and cut into your veins to, to bleed you out, to remove some of that blood. And somewhere along the way, people said, I think leeches are a better a better treatment for this because it's a lot gentler and kinder than cutting into somebody's arm. Sure, uh, and you probably don't lose nearly the amount of blood. No, uh, we covered this years ago. It had to have been in one of our weird medical top tens, mm-hmm. but I know we talked about medical leeches. Yeah, at some point. But here we go again because uh, they used them a lot back then. Um, I think the early 19th century is when, uh, in Europe, they were like, this is really the best kind of treatment we've ever heard of. Uh, we mm-hmm. would call that the golden age, uh, at least so far, of leeching or leech mania, yeah. uh, of losing blood via leech. And there was a man specifically, uh, a doctor in Paris, Dr. Francois, uh, would that be Brousset? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Tribune. And he was <laughs> he was a physician in Paris who he basically was like, you know what? Everything that's wrong with anyone is inflammation of your intestines. It all goes back to that. So anybody that comes by my clinic, my military hospital, the first thing mm-hmm. that we're going to do, I don't care what you say is wrong with you, is we're going to mm-hmm. throw 50 leeches on your body <laughs> right out of the gate uh, to see what happens. Yeah, he earned the nickname Le Vampire de la Médecine which seems appropriate, but he was hugely popular, so much so that, um, and leeches were hugely popular too, but the ideas of Brousset were so popular that um, he even reached into the fashion world where people would wear like dresses with em- leeches embroidered all over them. Like leech mania seems to be a really good descriptor of this period of time. And I saw, and I could not find what happened, but uh, Britannica said that uh, his his theories about bloodletting and leeches were hugely influential until a cholera epidemic in 1832, and his methods proved disastrous, and he fell out of favor. Oh, interesting. I couldn't see what happened, but you can probably guess that a lot of people died because he mistreated them by blo- by you know massive bloodletting or whatever. But the, it, it seems to have ended that that leech mania thing. And then, like we said before. Um, the leeches just kind of fell to the wayside because modern medicine was like, no, that's that's claptrap, that's quackery. We need to separate ourselves from that, even if it there was really something to it. Yeah, and if you're wondering, you know, it takes a lot of leeches. It's not like a doctor would have like six or eight of these laying around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, 35 million medical leeches were being imported every year into France alone in the 1830s. And if you're asking yourself, how do you get this many leeches? You get them Mm -hmm. the old-fashioned way. There were people like leech, uh, I mean, Dave calls them leech gatherers or leech hunters. They would wade into waters uh, with their pants rolled up uh, or maybe no pants at all. (laughs) And they would get leeches to attach to themselves and then pull them off and sell them. And yeah, on Jerry Walton's website, I saw she wrote that um, they would, in this manner, gather about 500 leeches Man, a day. That's crazy. They were doing a good job. It is crazy. It's very crazy. She wrote a whole post on leech gathering as a weird profession that that finally kind of fell to the wayside, and it did indeed fall to the wayside until <clears throat> I think the 70s, when some daring adventurous uh, physiologist started studying what's called herudotherapy. Um, and it was a, 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 it became kind of important first in reconstructive surgery. And it just makes utter yeah. and complete sense that you would use it for this. So I guess they were starting to study it in the 70s, but it wasn't until 1985 when a plastic surgeon named, named Joseph Upton like really put it to the test. I get the impression it was mostly clinical or lab studies and maybe... Um, just kind of postulation, and Upton said, "I'm I'm trying it. I, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm going to get." Yeah, this it shot. is pretty amazing. There was a boy, a five year old boy in Boston, uh, who went in and said, "My right ear was bitten off in the park." <laughs> it was <laughs> it wicked, was a, by a wicked dog, and uh, very sad. I'm just kind of kidding around, um, but that all ends well. Don't worry. That's the reason <laughs> I'm telling that joke. Uh, he reattached the ear, mm-hmm. but the tissue was suffering from necrosis. It was starting to turn black and die because it was swelling up with uh, blood that couldn't go anywhere. It was pooling up and becoming stagnant. And this is a, you know, this was an ongoing and still is an ongoing issue when you're trying to reattach a body part to get that blood flow, not just going one way, but going the other way. Like they can attach a major artery to send blood to a thing, but they don't attach all the Mm -hmm. little tiny veins that send blood back away from it. So that chance, then that risk of pooling is always there. So this doctor, Upton, said, you know what? I remember reading this, just stay with me, kid, this crazy article (laughs) about leech therapy. And he said, let's give it a shot. And he ordered 30 leeches, had them shipped overnight from uh, Britain, uh, from a leech farm. They attached two of them to this kid's ear. And the leeches Mm -hmm. did the work and were sucking that blood up enough to where it regained its color, and he made a complete recovery. Yeah, and, and it did that by um, that vasodilation, so it improved blood flow. It kept that that blood from um, coagulating, so it yeah. wasn't clotting, so it was flowing even more smoothly. Um, and the leeches themselves were pump, steadily pumping the blood out, so there wasn't any blood to pool and turn rancid and become stagnant. So, and the veins can do amazing things. Your blood vessels do spectacular things. Whenever they they face an obstacle, they will figure out a way to go around it and grow around it and make new connections. So, by using leeches, you are giving those veins enough breathing room mm-hmm. to kind of figure it out themselves and reconnect and, and you know, reinstitute that kind of blood flow 
out of that area. It's pretty spectacular. And that was like everybody just found the closest leech and put it on their shoulder, and right. the leech like shook its hands <laughs> on either side of its head in triumph. Uh-huh. So leeches kind of came back like in a big way starting in the 1980s, and science has really been taking them seriously ever since. It's amazing. It's almost like they are meant to do this. This is their one little function hmm. that can benefit humankind. Uh, so much so that in uh, 2004, the FDA said, medical leeches approved. Uh, it's actually approved, and this is where I definitely remember us talking about it. It's, it's approved as a medical device. I know what you're thinking of. What? We did an entire episode on maggots. Oh, okay. And they're also approved as a medical device for similar stuff, but really removing like dead and infected tissue. And I wonder if that's what you're thinking about. I don't know. Pretty amazing for both of them, though. Yeah, totally. Uh, So they are legit medical devices. Uh, I think the actual quote from the FDA was, for the purpose of overcoming the problem of uh, venous venous congestion by creating prolonged localized bleeding. Sounds like something Galen would have written. (laughs) Uh, And they are, uh, this is the sort of sad part, is they're single use. So uh, they, they use these leeches and then they euthanize them. And alcohol instead of, I don't know, take them outside, throw them in the shrubbery? Well, I mean, there's got to be something you can do, especially if you leave them on until they are done. It seems like, yeah, we could kind of retire them or let them go off and digest their meal in like a used leeches jar or something like that. I just, I think it's sad. An old folks home for leeches. <laughs> sure. Like Why a not? VA Put them hospital. out to pasture. At least let them stay alive for the next, like, few weeks so that they can digest that meal and enjoy it. Like, this is just the worst kind of using somebody, you know? Well, there was that one uh, attorney, that lawyer years ago, who had a couple of leeches that, that he said uh, saved his life. Mm-hmm. And he kept them in a jar like a good guy. Mm-hmm. But he was a little wacky. He actually named them and would <laughs> supposedly— uh, Asked their opinion on on cases that he was handling as a, as a lawyer, and looking at like how they swim as some sort of divining uh, indicator of how he should, uh, 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 which direction his case should go. Right. Crazy, kind of like that octopus in the World Cup. I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, and there's a, that was Thomas Erskine, and he there he's part of this really interesting article from JSTOR Daily by Amelia Soth that I think Ruse found. That's It's really good uh, if you're into that, if you want to read about that whole leech mania. Because it was way more than just the medical profession. It was like the whole society just kind of revered leeches. Oh, yeah. For kind of like what you said, almost like they were intended to do this. It, that's how they kind of saw it, and they, they really kind of respected leeches for a while. Because yeah, but while the medical community is legitimately using them, uh, the wellness community is probably overusing them. Uh, mm-hmm. There are clinics in Arizona. There are some in England and other parts of the world where their leech therapy is really far-reaching and basically saying it can help with everything from arthritis to cancer to carpal herpes to hem- mm-hmm. hemorrhoids. Uh, mm-hmm. Not sure exactly where that treatment, how, how that goes, but I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. But um. Th- there are other uses therapeutically that doctors are looking into, but they are roundly saying like places like this, you need to be really wary of because the jury is still out on a lot of this stuff. And and I don't know if we should go back to the, you know, the 
eight seventeenth century uh, Europe or wherever that was. Right, right. But yeah, they do think that they're anti-inflammatory properties, uh, anti-tumor properties, like in those leeches' saliva. It's pretty neat. So you never know. Keep keep an ear out for for a leech update in ten years. Yeah, from us. Okay. Maybe a leech will be in the Senate by then. <laughs> oh, there's already a few in there. I would say. <laughs> hey yo, <laughs> uh, you got anything else, Chuck? I got nothing else. Chuck's got nothing else, everybody, which means it's time for listener mail. Uh, hey, guys, I know you don't always worry about pronunciation, but... Us? <laughs> it's different on an oft-repeated phrase, and I just can't help myself. So we're going to allow this, Robin. Uh, we okay. usually don't take pronunciation emails very seriously, because we famously mispronounce things almost on purpose, Right. Almost. <laughs> uh, the Arctic Fox episode is the latest, and Josh said the phrase coup de gras, uh, where he correctly left the P silent, but incorrectly said fat. Uh, gras in French is fat, with a silent last letter like foie gras, uh, instead of gras. Uh, silent mm-hmm. E, but a soft C. Uh, loosely mm-hmm. sounds like grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, doubtless you were doing your best, but Foie gras is a decidedly different thing from a coup de grace. Okay. <laughs> I teach French to little people. What I generally say is that the last letter is silent. So if there's an E, that means the consonant in front of it isn't the last letter and is not silent. That's the difference between petit and petite. Mm. With an E on the end or not. Uh, you don't have okay. to read my message on the show. But please take <laughs> I the, dare you not to. <laughs> but please take the message to heart. And now back to the adorable Arctic Fox. And that is uh, Robin, uh, who is she, her, in Victoria, mm-hmm. B.C. Great town, that Victoria, B.C., Robin. Thank you very much for that little French lesson. It's been many, many years since I had one. I will try to remember from now on. Everyone says coup de gras, though. Everyone says it. Yeah, but everybody's got it wrong. You say I mean that's de- American saying. <laughs> you say coup de grace at the next dinner party and prepare to be laughed out of there, yokel. I'm gonna I'm gonna try a different one. I'm gonna say coup de grace. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, yeah. see and just just make really confuse everyone. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, if you want to get in touch with us like Robin did with a little French lesson, a little Italian lesson, who knows? Some other kind of lesson. We don't care. We want to hear it. You can send it to us via email at stuffpodcast at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.